Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea, joined by my dear Dimity McDowell. Hello, Dimity. Hello. Nice to be back again two weeks in a row. I I know. I'm I'm winning. I'm on a streak. (laughs) Exactly. We just had too much fun talking last week. and, And after like four clips, I'm thinking, oh, no. Oh, no, we have to get through 12 clips. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, so this is the second um, best of best of it's not they aren't the second best clips. It is the second episode in which we'll be playing the best clips. Yeah. Is it is it the last 50? I mean, can we make it neat like that? Like the first? Oh, show no. Was the first, no, no. Come on, you know, I like to slice and dice all neat with my fractions. <laughs> no, yeah, no. So so because it was a decision on the fly, you know, it oh, was it was yeah, like a, yeah. a race decision. Like, okay, this is where I have to pick up my pace if I'm going to meet my goal. So, uh, no, it was, um, it was not planned like that. Um, <laughs> I tried to, I tried to kind of balance them, you know, a poignant, um, clip and then maybe a funny one. And so, you know, so that, um, it has kind of a rhythm to it like that. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So it's not yeah. just like hearty, har har and then serious, serious, serious. Right. Dragging and, <laughs> and crying along the way. Right. Yeah. right. Tissues Good. streaming behind them. Yeah. No, 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 no. So, um, so Divinity, you had kind of an interesting shopping experience recently <laughs> with your children, with your growing children. Yeah. Well, Cause we got so caught up in everything with my ultra, you know, pacing last time and my heart rate training. So I was like, well, what do you want to talk about now? And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I think I did something harder than both those things combined (laughs) on Friday. um, It was conference day in our school. So I did the early morning conferences and then um, we measured Amelia. uh, You know, we have a little in our, like our room closet, you know, on the, um, the door railing. Mm -hmm. um, What's that? The door jam, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, We, you know, we, we take their heights, right? Regularly. Do you do that? We do not, no. I, oh, okay. I, we, you know, uh, I, I realize it's a very lovely tradition, but I didn't start, so. It's yeah. not hard to do. You can start right now because it's cool. <laughs> it's actually really cool to see, you know, uh-huh. over time. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, so we had done it for almost a year and uh, and we did Amelia and, you know, obviously she's 12, you know, getting um, the, she's hitting the front end of puberty and uh, and she shot up like four inches. She's five, ten and a half right now, Sarah. She grew four inches in one year. I believe so. Three to four. Yes. Yes. Wow. I mean, and I know like people are like, well, what do you think? And I'm like, I know that I know, you know, I'm six, four, almost six, four grant is a little over six, two. So it's not like, you know, if you put it on paper, mm-hmm. it's good. But then it's like meeting that person and, and you're like, how is a 12 year old five, 10 and a half. Right. right? right. It is true. <laughs> so um, I get that reaction sometimes when I'm like, people meet me and I'm like, Oh, uh-huh, and my business partner, Dimity, you know, Oh, she's six, four. They're like, what? <laughs> I'm no. like, yeah, uh-huh. I'm the short one. Yep. I'm the short one in this crowd. So, um, so we went to try. She is going to Washington D.C. on a school trip oh. for spring break. So, I mean, she wears a uniform. My kids wear uniforms to school, which is great. So that limits the amount of clothes we need to buy, you know, for weekend wear. Mm-hmm. Um, but we went to go try stuff on, and I mean, it was like, I mean, she was like sucking in her stomach. She's like, "Mom, these fit," and I'm like, "Pull up your shirt, Amelia." And like, they're like, you know, her like belly's hanging out over these like, you know, size four jeans that don't fit her anymore. I'm like, "Okay, we're gonna go get you some new clothes. We can do that." So we have um, outlets right south, well, about 20 minutes south of us in Castle Rock. It's called mm-hmm. the Castle Rock Outlets, and, uh, and that's where she wanted to go. So we went, and. Um, I mean, it's just like, it's just a different animal shopping with her now. It used to be that, I mean, she cared, but she didn't care. Mm -hmm. But now, like, I pick something up and she's like, oh, no, 
no. And I'm like, this is cute. She's like, I'm like, can you just try it on? She's like, no. Oh, yeah. I was like, okay, okay, I got it. Or do you encounter the other thing when, when you, something catches your eye for you and yes. then you pick it up and, you know, Phoebe's always like, mom. And I'm like, it's for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? I remember shopping with my mom around this time in my life and my mom like would like, I would be like, mom, that's so cute. You should try it on. Like she picked something up. She's like, no, no. And oh. I get that now because um, it's not that she wouldn't go back and get it later, although she probably wouldn't because, you know, life got too busy. But it's too hard to concentrate on yourself and your kids at the same time. Like, I need to be focused on my own shopping and do my mm-hmm. own thing, mm-hmm. you know. And, I mean, yeah, sure, I'll buy, like, you know, some new white T-shirts or something if I need that. But not, you know, not looking for, you know, a dress or a skirt or something. You know, yeah. that's, like, yeah. an occasion thing. <laughs> um, but, anyway, her, her she's drawn to, like, $50 or more, like, gauzy blouses. I'm like – what like you know like you know two for ten dollars cotton t-shirts this is play clothes you know i'm like we are not driving your clothes you know <laughs> something she loves the lace she loves the flowy she really? loves flowers yes um which is i mean it's cute and it's very cute on her but you know practically i'm just like geez like no no for a lot of reasons practically and financially oh right? my gosh she's she's lady edith from downton abbey or something <laughs> like that <laughs> exactly, exactly and you you also described in an email to me that um she was really tending toward the business casual side of things so, well, that's the thing. so we ended up first we went to american eagle which is like so hippy dippy at least this mm-hmm. store was mm-hmm. maybe it was because it was the outlet they were carrying the the cast offs but i sure. mean you know i mean it was just like you know, I just felt like I stepped back in the sixties. In the seventh house. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. So I was like, okay, we're, we're leaving this, you know? And then we, I'm like, let's just go look in loft by Ann Taylor. Just because like, I knew that they would, because she does not like shorts that are kind of the fads for teens right now, which are, you know, they look like they just came out of goodwill right like they're like kind of ripped kind of denim kind of uh-huh. faded uh-huh. you know she does not like that she likes a more polished look I guess <laughs> so I'm like okay well loft is polished so we went there and ended up you know yeah we got her a bunch of stuff there which was great um and yeah I mean but it is definitely business casual you know it's like she's looking at these dresses and I'm like Amelia like you're gonna have to wear those for the rest of your life like let's get you shorts and t-shirts now you know you're a young person dress like a young person I know and I ended up getting her uh, a pair of white jeans which was against my my like you know practical mother side because I'm just like one slice of pizza and these things are gone you know like one you know tomato whatever sauce you know one one, uh you know I mean when she truly hits puberty um yes, exactly. <laughs> please don't let her be wearing the white jeans don't let yes. her be wearing well, that's white happened to me right well, at least i'll have a story to share with her <laughs> right. Um, right oh i've been there honey i've been there. Yeah, <laughs> call I, call up auntie sarah she can tell you <laughs> <laughs> exactly the best part was so ben came with us and ben needed shoes and so did amelia mike uh, so you know as they grow right they their feet so guess what size well first of all get answer this question mm-hmm. Do you think, and that's obviously a rhetorical question because the way I'm going to phrase it, but do you think my 12-year-old daughter, my 9-year-old son, and my 46-year-old husband have all the same size feet? Hmm. Do they, Timothy? (laughs) Why, in fact, yes, they do. I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Well, tell people what size that is. Well, it's 11 men's, right? So Amelia's in a 13 in women's right now, which I have been there, too, Mm -hmm. and that is so 
hard, especially mm-hmm. when you want all the cute little shoes that your friends can wear. Yep. Um, I mean, fortunately now there is more um, availability like on Zappos. And if you're listening and you've got water skis for feet, there's a great site called Long Tall Sally <laughs> that has <laughs> both clothes and shoes for, for those of us who leave a larger footprint. Um, <laughs> but, um, TM. T- TM. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, that's, that actually is their TM. Um, but uh, so I was trying to, they both needed um, tennis shoes, right? I mean, I was playing volleyball and Ben just needed a pair of shoes for school because, I mean, they were both like, you know, their big toes are just like poking out of the end, right? I'm like, and I know I've hurt my feet. I got, I know. Oh, yeah. They've done actual genetic. damage, yeah. Yeah, bunions are genetic, but they also can be caused by wearing shoes that are too small. And I, and I did that um, growing up. So because I wanted those cute little shoes. So anyway... Um, we would have gone to the Saucony outlet if they had it, but they didn't. <laughs> um, so we went to the Nike outlet, which I mean, you know, men's shoes. So that's at 11 and men's at 13 and women's. So the men's shoes that are at the outlet are actually really cool because, you know, most men are not going to wear shoes with pink accents or that are <laughs> like, you know, um, royal blue or whatever. Right. right They're kind right. of, you know, like I'm like, I like these. I want um, <laughs> And so I like tried. I mean, she tried on like eight pairs of shoes and she just she was just so against it. Just oh. no, 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 I will not wear men's shoes. And I was like, oh. all right, that's fine. You know, we can go back home and order some online, but just so you know, it's going to have to happen sooner or later. And, you know, when we came home and she found these Nike shoes that she wanted that were like $150. I was like, no way. No <laughs> oh way. I nearly just choked on my own saliva <laughs> when you said that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because they fit her and they were cute, but like, I'm like, they, you first of all, that's too much money for a pair of shoes anyway. And secondly, you're not going to wear them or they're not going to fit in them. Oh, she's going to blow through them. Exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm like, that's no. And, and, and she has other shoes. I mean, Ben, you know, is pretty much like a one shoe pony. Like he'll wear the same <laughs> pair of shoes into the ground, but Amelia has, you know, some flats and some boots and stuff. So mm-hmm. anyway, long story short is we got her, um, a pair of volleyball shoes in size 13, um, a six mm-hmm. off of Amazon. So we'll see. But yeah, I mean, just that whole, I mean, I was so tired. We probably got to the outlets a little before 10, uh-huh. um, and then we had a fun little stop at the end where we had to go buy Ben his first cup for lacrosse. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, so like that's really fun to go, uh, you know. Yeah, buy here, you. let's bring your big sister while we go buy you <laughs> athletic protection. I know, I know. Well, yeah, we bought Amelia bras too. So yeah, I was one of those. <laughs> everyone like, was shamed. We're in, we're in. Um, but we were gone for probably like five hours. And oh. I came home and I was just like, I feel like I've been run over with a truck. Like, oh my goodness, it's Timothy. so tiring, so tiring. So. Oh my goodness. Oh my, see, I've never done the outlet thing. We have outlets about, I don't know, 30 minutes south of Portland. And until you said that, I was like, oh yeah, I guess people shop at the Woodburn outlets. I've never been there, Um, but it has all the stores you're talking about. But um, yeah, I don't, you know, Portlanders don't want to drive anywhere. So it never occurs to Phoebe to do that. It's just, it's helpful because it's, I mean, it is like a mall, but then, you know, I mean, everything, you know, I'm sure that there is some price rigging that, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like it's not really the deal that you think you're getting, but I'm like, oh, look, you know, two pairs of shorts, you know, buy one, get one free, you know, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. But <laughs> granted, they're priced at $50, so they're 25 a piece, you know, so, <laughs> right. but it makes you, it makes you feel, you know, like you're getting a bargain. And then it's just easier. Like, I mean, there was nobody there on Friday morning, oh. which was great. So, um, and it's just easier to get to. I don't know. There's something about it that just seems like it's a little bit less 
claustrophobic to me than the mall, you know? Well, it's um, probably out. I mean, you get to go outdoors they are, they are between, yeah. between yeah, stores. Like, so that that's something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. So um, yeah, I recommend it at least once if you want to try it. I mean, if well, there's stuff like oh my gosh so, I, so you would email me that and after I read that email and then my kids got home I'm like you guys guess what size shoes Amelia wears <laughs> they were- Jack just kept saying I wear a size 11 shoe I wear a size 11 shoe I'm like uh-huh Jack yes I know you wear a men's size 11 shoe <laughs> I know I mean I'm really hoping that that she slows down just because I mean I was a 13 for most I've been a 13 for most of my life and then after I oh. had two kids um 14 I'm now a 14 uh-huh. so um oh, so wow so she that, might yeah so she goes up to 14 now I mean mm. and again there are better there are other shoes now and I was like the good news is that whenever you go shopping with your friends and they go into like a nine west or the shoe department at Nordstrom or whatever like you won't be tempted <laughs> that, that's my story <laughs> you, you can know? just like, stand outside and text your little boyfriend or something <laughs> exactly so, uh, anyway anyway so yeah so that's uh that's what's going on in my world is that my kids now have new clothes. Oh, and then, um, actually, and then we'll be definitely head, but you know, she got, I got her a gap sweatshirt and mint green. She loves the color. Oh, that's so funny. Daphne specifically loves the color mint green too. Yes. Yes. Um, and so I got her one, you know, it was like $20. I was so excited. And she was on a field trip yesterday and, I don't know if it got stolen or taken by accident, but um, it is no longer. And of course that, you know, I'm like, Mm. we'll get another one. We'll get another one. It's okay. It's okay. You know, but like she was, she just, you know, out of everything she got, of course, it's like this $20 sweatshirt that she loves. And it was in your inner possession for less than one week. Yes. Yes. I know. know. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's a bummer. That's a bummer. It is a bummer. But life goes on and, you know bigger problems than that so yeah yeah oh my goodness yeah I went I took um the girls shopping just at the local mall they each had something they wanted to get now I completely can't even remember what it was but oh Phoebe wanted oh I know what it was Phoebe wanted jeans and she loves going to thrift stores and like there are no shortage of thrift stores in Portland Oregon So, yeah, so I took the girls and we first went to the thrift store. And Phoebe usually hits them up with her friend. Uh And so I have not had the distinct pleasure, one might say. And, oh, my goodness. Like, so the the one we went to, it's it's really big. It's on Hawthorne, which is like the hipster kind of street here in in town. And um, it wasn't just clothes. And so there was furniture and knickknacks. And, I mean, there was most of the stuff there if whatever the price tag was on it, if you said, I'll give you $20 to take this home, I would be <laughs> like, no, thanks. Nope. Nope. I'm good. <laughs> and there they are trying to sell it for $20. And I was like, wow, that's hideously ugly and just useless. And so, and I mean, the place was hopping. This was, I think a week ago, Sunday mm-hmm. and oh my goodness. And so she was looking at jeans and I just, it still galls me that, that mom jeans, quote unquote, mom jeans are the hip thing with young people. And I'm just like, oh, those don't look good on anybody. Yeah. And, yeah. And, um, so yeah, so she was looking at a pair of black Calvin Kleins and I thought, oh, why didn't I save some of my, my, my black Calvin Kleins? Maybe they fit her. <laughs> and then, um, and then a pair of Tommy Hilfiger blue jeans. And the thing about thrift stores here is they are not inexpensive. I mean, the the Tommy Hilfiger's were like, I don't know, 22 bucks or something. Sure. And I was like, ah, like, I realized we shouldn't just be like a, a, you know, own it and toss it out type, you know, community. But yeah, but, 
But I just was like, really? Those jeans probably didn't cost all that much more new. And sure. so, um, so I only let her get one pair and then it turns out they were 25% off. So then I felt like really like mean mom, but anyway, so she was very, pre- <laughs> very appreciative of that. But, but I mean, Daphne and I just kind of walked around the whole store while Phoebe was looking at stuff and we were just kind of like mm, shell shocked by the whole experience. So then I think it's, I think there are undiscovered treasures, but I think it's like antique hunting. Like you really oh, have yeah. to invest time and be invested personally. Like, Oh what? yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Oh, Phoebe did get the cutest sweater on a different to this same place, but on a trip with her friends, it's this darling multicolored short sleeve sweater um, that has this really kind of cool drawing kind of mod 60s profile of a woman that kind of, hmm. you know, that, that she has glasses on and it, it's very mod just is the word that comes to mind and um and it's fitted and it just looks like dynamite on her and it's these really cool colors so i was like oh that's a really cool store where'd you get it? and she and now i totally can't remember the name of this place but um that's where she got it so i was like okay there are gems to be found here yeah. um, and i'm just I, I mean the second i walk into that place any patience or like <laughs> curiosity i had just falls to the ground Goes, i know yes i totally totally yeah, I hear you, you. you know and then also the whole like the big signs you know person this must be checked you know you can't and, and I looked and I'm like do you need to take my purse and they're like nope and I'm like that's right because middle-aged mom is not going to shoplift um so anyway so then we went to the total disposable um apparel uh, place we went to Target with Daphne and got her some things and she was growing out of her her dance clothes she needs black dance things oh, for when yes. they have dance at school artistic yes yeah. oh Very well and, and it's they have to they have um oh yeah no I after know. school dance I they have to wear yeah, yeah 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 so she was wearing um I'm like she wears things that are like way 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 too short so anyway um so that was my shopping with my girls but no outrageous sizes <laughs> but you want to share on air anyway yeah, no yeah no 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 so awesome. and uh you know and, and john still is you know wearing his size eight super skinny girls jeans from target god bless him <laughs> yes. i need a john in my life i mean seriously between the food budget and the clothes budget these days i'm just like <laughs> although i served really really good pulled pork tacos soft tacos last night for dinner and each of us had two, except for John, who went back for a third. And I mean, they have, I, I served generous amounts of pork in these things. And I was like, okay, John, you go for it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, let us move on to the yeah. clips. Yes. Yeah. Forget this Forget this shopping stuff. Let's do the running thing. Right, right. So, um, so this is um, a clip from episode 174 about plus size runners. We featured the editor in chief of women's running because they had a plus size, um, model or real person on their cover and then we talked to um Myrna Valerio who is a who is the person we'll be talking this clip she's a 240 pound distance runner she's an ultra runner who um and she has an infectious laugh and just a wonderful positive outlook and it's just this podcast really resonated in both meaning and spirit it was fantastic so here goes so, uh, Myrna, when you when you enter races now, I mean, do do people react to you as a heavier set runner? You know, what what's what's kind of been when you when you step on the starting line? Um. Well, I'm always in the back. I always put myself in the back where there are people that. Sure. <laughs> so you know, yeah. There's just like immediate camaraderie. Um, at you know, certainly at bigger races where there are more people, um, I still sometimes get looks. Like, oh, wow, you know, she's going to be able to do this? Or, wow, okay. 
right. Okay. <laughs> have, you, have you ever have you ever had anybody like? Do you have a comeback? Have anybody has any has anybody ever said anything to you? You know, all of my all of my like witty comebacks um, are all in hindsight. Mm, yeah. yeah. Oh, that was a good one. I should have in your head when you're running, right? In your head that you compose like a couple miles in, you're like, dang it, that I didn't think of that. Exactly. Well, I'll just put it on a blog post. You know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, you know, people, you know, it's mostly people looking and like taking a second look and, you know, and you can see it in their face that they're trying to figure out why I'm there. Oh, well, or that, oh, it must be that she's trying to lose weight. Or I I did have somebody say to me once at a race, um, well, you'll lose weight faster if you walk. And I'm like, "Um, actually, I'm training for three marathons. (laughs) So I actually need to run. He's like, oh, oh, my bad, my bad. Of course, it was a man who said that to you. Right, right. (laughs) So, um, and I have had people say, you know, earlier on, when I first started doing longer trail races, oh, my goodness, you're you're still out here. Wow. Or I've walked past you three times. And, and, you know, not, I don't know what the intentions of Mm -hmm. those comments were, but, you know, people say stuff and you just can't take it personally. Like, and maybe in the moment you do and you're like, oh, what what just happened here? You know, it's a Mm -hmm. little like microaggression, you know, but, um, but then like, if I let every single look or comment or, or whatever affect me, then I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Um, and that's like the story of my life. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the right attitude for anybody going in. And I think, you know, I I would imagine that your admirers and the people that are like psyched to see you out there far far outnumber. Mm-hmm. Tell you, you should be walking. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think the the positive encouragement and the general positivity has far outweighed the the negative commentary. So. That's awesome. You know, and you know, as humans, you know, we tend to focus on the negative, but I can't do that. I don't have time. Life is short. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got other things yeah. to worry about and do. So, um, mm. you know, like if I if I'm going to be affected by it, I will. You know, and but then I'll I'll work on getting over it because I again I don't have time. So, so, um, sort of along those lines, I loved, uh, you had a blog post in March that was called how to be a fat runner in 10 simple steps. And you, (laughs) and on your blog, you had fat runners, one word, which I loved you kind of coining it and owning that term. So does, does that kind of thinking that phrase or or putting in that mindset help you with your running or, or do you find that it helps others get moving, you know, to kind of own it? I, you know what, I, um, I think it's more along the lines of ownership and changing um, the connotation of the word fat. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, my, that was my goal with that particular, well, well, with the entire blog, but with that particular post, um, I really wanted people to, one, take ownership, and to, two, um, we don't need to you know, abide by the, the negative connotation that the word fat has. You know? And knowing that those the negative connotations are that fat people are lazy, that we're not active, that we're slovenly, that, you know, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> so that we don't have any sort of ambition in life. And that is not true of, you know, all the people that I know, <laughs> whether mm-hmm. they're fat or skinny. Um, and so we're trying to take, well, I, what I'm trying to do is to take that kind of power away from the word and, and to give it a different power. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, if, if, you know, if, if fat people were all those negative adjectives that you just listed off, then America wouldn't be getting anywhere. Exactly. Yeah. Right. With, with, I don't, I didn't even know what the statistics are, but is it over 50% of us? Or oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's pretty close to that. So, I mean, we, you know, we, we, we wouldn't be leading the world with, 
know, in, in the realms that we are. So, um, yeah, so that's awesome that you're, you're putting power into it and, and giving it a positive spin. I hope that's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I remember just wanting to have talked to her in real life, right? Because isn't she? She's an opera singer. She had this beautiful voice. She Mm -hmm. has a beautiful voice. And then her spirit is just great. And I have to say, now that I'm training for an ultra and that, you know, you kind of, it's the same thing. Like, you're like, oh, that's a far way to go, you know, like on paper. (laughs) I get that. And then you like, you put it into perspective and you start going that far on trails. You're like, holy cow, that's a far way to go. <laughs> so, um, so mad, mad props to her. And I just, I love the spirit of the inclusive spirit and just her, you know, getting, getting the word fat out there, not trying to take away the shame from it. I mean, that's all just really important, good stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I should also mention that, uh, Myrna is a runner of color. So, I mean, she, um, uh, just, you know, we've all been to races and we all know that the vast majority of runners at races are, are white. And usually, you know, a lot of them look like, you know, Greyhound race dogs. And so, <laughs> so, so there she is being, you know, dark skinned and more heavyset than the other ones. So yeah. she's, um, crossing a few barriers. So, um, they're, they're more like whippets. whippets. That's, that's a better one because that's greyhounds are kind of tall. Oh. So there is like the, there is the, you know, the Alan Culpepper, the six foot, you know, very skinny kind of guy. But for the most part, they're just like tiny, tiny, tiny little whippets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking of a Santa's little helper on The Simpsons. He's a greyhound race Uh-oh. dog that they saved. <laughs> He's a rescue Uh-oh. dog. <laughs> they call him Santa's little helper? That's the Simpsons dog's name, yes. Uh-huh, oh, yeah. I, I've never, I mean, I've watched The Simpsons. I just don't. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. You know, living here in, in Portland, you know, where um, the Matt Groening, the founder, is grew up. So And, and there's tons yeah. of things named. So, you know, it's sort of you have to answer a, um, a trivia questions before you are allowed to move to Portland about The Simpsons. Uh-oh. Yeah. All right. Well, if yeah. I ever move there, I hope that's my question. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I, I can coach you on it, okay? Marge, Marge has blue hair. I know that. Yeah, what her. Marge's twin sisters are called, and I, I can help you on all that. So, okay. 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 <laughs> so, um, so the next up is um, Susie favor Hamilton, who many people have already listened to this episode, and it really resonated because of her honesty. Um, the greatest thing about this episode is you think it's going to be like salacious details about her, you know, being a call girl and having this dual life between Las Vegas and um, Wisconsin. But it actually became a broader conversation about mental illness, which, again, is a very important real conversation to have, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is from episode 180 with Susie Favor Hamilton, a professional runner. One thing that, you know, just having met you a couple times and then just knowing you're a small person and I just, I feared for you a lot. I was like, gosh, she's in these really, I mean, and I, then again, that's the mania, right? You put yourself, you jump out of airplanes, you put yourself in these positions with these unknown, really strong men in hotel rooms and nobody knows where you are, but that feels like the, the right thing to do, right? Absolutely. No, you have it perfect. And the riskier, another thing of bipolar, the dangerous side is that the mania leads you to riskier behavior. Um, I mean, it would be great to be manic and keep that going if you didn't get the risky behavior, because that's ultimately when you're going to hurt yourself, others, or kill yourself being manic is starting to do crazy things. And for me, crazy things were really starting to happen and sex in crazy places and starting to get, you know, really liking drugs 
it, it's just you're going down a really dangerous path. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Well, so um, obviously mental illness wreaks its havoc in the lives of so many people and women. You know, what message are you hoping that your book can have for women struggling with their own disease or perhaps that of a loved one? I think, you know, women at least have a good way of expressing themselves to their girlfriends where men may not be as good at doing that. But I think with women, we talk to our friends, you know, maybe maybe there's a friend you can trust that you can open up to um, if you're having a hard time wanting to go to a doctor. I think talk to your friends and and maybe they will also help to encourage you to go to a doctor or don't be afraid to reach out for help. And we have to get rid of the stigma. Um, mental illness is a disease. It's like cancer. And until society starts looking at looking at this illness as a disease, there's always going to be that stigma. And it's going to be harder for people to reach out to get help. And I think, you know, one of the reasons I did the book is for that. So people who are silently suffering that feel like they can't go to anybody will reach out because there is enormous help out there. You just have to look for it. And gosh, it's so hard in a depressed, a depressed state to want to even reach out. So it's like, it's this cycle more than anything. I think the loved ones around you have to look for signs. It's mental illness is not the one person suffering. It's a family. If somebody with mental illness has it, you know, it's the entire family that is suffering. Um, But they have to reach out and help these people or uh, family members have to reach out. We just have to be more compassionate about it. I just so admired Susie's honesty. And, you know, she brought that to every media interview she did after her um, memoir came out and, you know, where she left no detail unturned. And um, just, you know, I mean, she was just because, I mean, when you heard about the situation, when you heard that this incredibly beautiful, peppy, ebullient um, professional runner was suddenly, you know, admitting to being a you know, high paid escort. And it was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, and you just think like, what, she just loved the risky behavior or something. It's like, no, no, no. She was suffering from depression and mania for most of her life. She was on, you know, prescription drugs that were not well suited and that caused a lot of this behavior. And that her husband stood by her throughout all of this and supported her and just, you know, Oh, it was really, really amazing. It gives me chills now remembering the conversation. And um, yeah. yeah, no, it definitely had. I mean, even when we first got the book, I mean, I'll be honest, I'll be like, it was a little bit more like a car accident, right? Like a gawker situation. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I can't believe it. And even, you know, we, we admitted to kind of being nervous before because I was like, how oh, yeah. is this going to go? And um, and then she got on and she's so warm. She's so Midwestern, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is great. And, um, and then, yeah, it's really about, I mean, obviously you know, that was not her, that Mm -hmm. she was not in her own skin when she was acting that way. And I just, I just think about that and the fact that she has, you know, a very supportive family, um, you know, the means to be able to take care of herself. um, And, you know, and she had most of the pieces to figure it out, even though it took, you know, longer than was healthy to figure it out, she figured it out. And then I just think about, 
people who may not be in her situation. Mm -hmm. And that just, oh, you know, so I know she, I mean, I see her on Twitter a lot still. And, you know, she's very, very um, active in the mental health space and mental illness and just trying to, to take down that, that curtain as we are doing with so many things right now with social media, because it doesn't help anybody to, you know, pretend like life is beautiful when you're actually really suffering. Right, right, right. And, and, um, I really feel turning it back um, toward the two of us, Tim, I feel that that is what your essay in Tales from Another Mother Runner did when you talked very honestly about your depression and, and where it almost led you and and that that, that type of um, self-exposure, for lack of a better term, that, that you displayed and that Susie displayed in Fast Girl, her book, um, really takes a lot of courage and, and I commend that. So. Oh, thanks, thanks. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, I mean, I wrote, I remember... I went back and looked at that for um, for a reason. I was linking it to something um, when I wrote about writing about the essay on our blog post. And the worst part, I have to say, of feeling suicidal was feeling so alone, just mm-hmm. feeling so alone and that no one had ever been where I'd been and no one could help me and I didn't really want anyone to help me. And and so, you know, when when you can say, you know, here, I've been there, I've done that, I want to help you it's okay. You're going to see the light of day, you know, at some point, just keep on putting one foot in front of the other. I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. that's so, um, I mean, everyone has their own situation, but there's more commonalities and there are differences. And so as long as you can kind of just show that, you know, you don't have to be vulnerable all the time, (laughs) I can be a puddle all the time, but there are definitely moments where you're just like, yeah, I look pretty, you know, put together from the outside. There's a brandy, um, Oh, maybe I'll, I'll use it for the challenge corner. I've got to find it. But the Brandy Carlisle lyric is, um, you know, my, all my, all my friends think I'm the best, but don't they know my head is a mess or something mm. like that. And it's mm-hmm. quite, um, I like that song a lot. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'll, put, I'll use it for challenge corner. I was going to use a song from her anyway. It might be a little slow, but, but that's mm-hmm. the one. So, so stay tuned for that. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so important messages came out of that. Um, very, very interesting podcast with Susie Favor Hamilton. And um, I mean, I hope that people, if they haven't listened to these episodes, maybe go back and listen to the whole episode, but that one in particular, I mean, um, I really just kind showed, of. It, did, it showed another side of her. And I mean, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, even she talked about, you know, talking to the media and she was on all these sports fan radios, you know, radio mm-hmm. shows, and they just wanted her to talk about the sex. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and yeah. of course, and, 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 and being on Dr. Phil, I mean, that whole thing was just made me just want to vomit. Oh, I can't and, look at, I can't look at Dr. Phil the same anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, just, so just having, I mean, not that, you know, people didn't listen, but I felt like we, we were able to create a safe space for her to talk about it honestly. And she would have done that anyway, I think anywhere, but like mm-hmm. we had enough time and then had the enough of the connection with being runners and being mothers. And, mm-hmm. you know, that, that it, it was, uh, it was just really, it was probably, I think our, one of our best episodes. It was, it was. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, switching gears a little bit, um, in addition to guests talking about their life and struggles and accomplishments, um, we on another mother runner love an advice show about how to reach a goal or overcome a training challenge. And in one of our most listened to shows, we welcomed uh, coach Christine Hinton, who now sometimes co-hosts the show. Um, and she designed all our plans in the train like a mother club and our book train like a mother. Um, so coach Christine Hinton talked about how to break some vaunted goals, running a 5k in under a half hour or a 10k in less than an hour. 
So this is a clip from episode 146, how to run a sub 35K or a sub 60 10K. So what about if someone's been trying to break 30 minutes, say for the 5K, but you know, mm-hmm. comes in at 3030 or 3015 or whatever, mm-hmm. and, you know, a couple times just keeps narrowly missing it. And, and same for the, the, a 10 K, you know, uh, in an hour, what, what mm-hmm. are some things that they could, what, what, what are some things that they could do that you would suggest would be helpful to them to kind of just kind of clip off those couple seconds? Right. That's so frustrating when you train and train and then you watch that clock yeah. <laughs> as you're oh, running well, in and you're it. just missing it. Yes. Um, well, a lot of time, you know, the, one of the first things, that, and it depends on how much you're missing it by, but first review the race. See if you made some mistakes anywhere in the race that cost you time, whether it was, you know, maybe stopping for water when you really didn't need to, um, you know, because 5Ks and 10Ks, you don't really need to unless it's like boiling hot out. Um, or maybe you didn't line yourself up correctly in the beginning, or maybe, you know, who knows? There, there could be some issues like that. Um, but then, you know, if, if, you, if you look at all that and that seems okay, then you got to start looking at your training. What have I done in my training that might need to be switched up a little bit. Um, maybe you've tried the past two or three times and you keep using the same training plan. Well, you might want to start switching it up because the body likes to be surprised and shocked, and that's what makes it gain more fitness um, and get better and faster because it's got to adapt to the changes. So if you have been focusing more on distance, maybe throw in some more shorter speed stuff. Um, If you've been focusing more on tempo runs, maybe add some more hills in instead. Try to look at what you've neglected in the Mm -hmm. training and try to incorporate those things in. And a lot of times it's the things you hate doing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Exactly it. (laughs) So think about the things that you really don't enjoy and try to do those. (laughs) Which I know stinks, but, you know, like for me, you know, hill repeats are not my most favorite thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of have to really force myself to do those. Um, So that, you know, and I'm assuming probably hills are probably something that a lot of us, you know, are our favorite thing. Um, but yeah, so, you know, look at your plan, see what's not in there, and then try to kind of mix things up again. Because sometimes even just switching up and having your body readapt to a new kind of training regime brings your fitness level up just that little bit that'll get you um, those few seconds back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, do the workouts you don't want to do. I have to say that advice I I, coach Christine has given it very wisely and I remember hearing it from another coach at one point when I was doing more writing and reporting and that just I mean anytime you're like oh but I just want to go do my route my three mile route and that's great if that's you know if you don't want to you know nail these goals or you want to just you're taking some time off but Anytime you want something, you're probably uh, veering away from that workout you don't want to do. It means you need it the most, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, for me, that is, um, like, work on, like, my hip strength, like, stuff after the run. Oh, you know, interesting. I'm, I'm not I, – I mean, I, I'll do it, but I, I always do it with, like – with dread kind of in your heart. Off. Yeah, like I'm kind of like, I, I have better things to be doing. Um, so, um, I mean, so I've kind of told myself that I instead of trying to do it, like, you know, five times a week, I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to do it twice a week for 20 minutes. Right. Oh. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if that's going to work or not, but I'm trying to kind of, you know, you try to kind of make deals with yourself. <laughs> um, and then the other one that um, I got on the track on Monday morning to nice. do 
800s, which I was like, what am I doing out here? I am like, this is not- Who am I? How did I get here? What am I doing on this track? And of course, it's like, the worst part of it is, is that we have this geese problem in Denver, Canadian geese. Like, they are not flying south. We're having like, and I don't know if they would anyway, but we are having one of the mildest winters ever. I mean, it's Mm. been the 50s, 60s, 70s sometimes on the weekends here, which is not- Either we're going to get hit really hard with a snowstorm, you know, in the next couple of weeks, or we're just going to, you know, oh my gosh, you're going to fry this summer. Really dry. Yeah. <laughs> this summer. And um, so these Canadian geese are freaking everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. Oh. And, um, and so they poop all over the track. Oh, gosh. And because they're right next to it is a um, softball field. So there's a nice, you know, it's not a green field, it's kind of a, you know, yellow field right now, but it's grass. <laughs> um, and then during this, they were like flying overhead to doing their ah, 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 ah <laughs> noise. And I was just so just like angry. I was just like, what am I doing? I am running harder than I want to be. These geese are like pissing me off. I'm stepping in their SHIT like, ah, like, what is this? I was supposed to be running on trails and finding my, you know, my inner zen. So, but, you know, that's going to hopefully pay off. I mean, yep. we'll see. Yep, you know? yep. I have to say, you saying about the doing the after the workout drills. I had to. Um, Molly and I on Sunday had to do. Um, I think I might have told you about this workout. We had to, you know, warm up for a certain amount of time, then do these lunge matrix, and then do eight um, three minute long, not just hill repeats, but tempo hill repeats. <laughs> Um, so and they were supposed to be incline we were supposed to find an incline that was two to three percent well we overachieved a little and it turns out what we found was six percent um so i mean so and gosh to go up a hill for three minutes it has to be a long incline yeah yeah you know and so so we we kept hammering it out hammering it out and then um then you know cooled down and then the kick in the gut was to get home and then we had to do these exercises and i mean it just you know i don't know it was like a minute plank and to 10 push-ups to minute side planks and uh, v-sit with all this stuff and i mean it just took every bit out of me to do it and at one point jack i was doing it in our basement on the room next to this where i'm recording this and um he comes downstairs to put some stuff away into the refrigerator in our basement and he said something to me and i couldn't even respond like i just was like Ugh. yeah <laughs> Afterwards, I was like, I was giving everything I had left. I was like, yeah. I couldn't talk. It was, yeah, yeah. I was, you turn into kind of like a, like a, just a monster, right? <laughs> but and you have to do, I mean, you don't have to do it, but it does make a difference. It oh, makes such, oh, makes such a difference. It makes yeah. you, gives you a stronger core, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a three minute hill. So the ones, and I did hill repeats last week and I did them today again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, I came home and I was like, I need a friend. <laughs> I need a friend. I can't do this. I can't do this training by myself anymore. Yeah. Um, but I, I just did five of them. That, that's so week. funny because when Molly was coming, when we were coming down, she was like, you know, eight's just a ridiculously big number. I think five would be perfectly acceptable. And then when we realized like, oh, well, yeah, we did twice the uh, steepness. It was like, yeah, maybe five would have been enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, but, uh, but that's a point. I mean, that's like a, you know, almost a half mile hill. Like last week, it took me almost four minutes to climb half a mile. Yeah. So that's like, that's a long, it's a long hill. Oh, yeah. Oh, and it took, I mean, it took a long time. And then. Yeah, you know, and then getting back down there and... I know, that's the thing, right? You're like, okay, well, then, yeah, it takes, like, you know, at least 
a good minute or two more like to get back down mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. we a- were we were hanging out there for a long time, and then I told Molly, I said it's on a street called Cooch, which is um, looks like it's couch, but it's pronounced Cooch, which makes a lot of people laugh. Um, and so um, I was like, oh, I'll never be able to look at Cooch Street the same. And then I get the uh, we were carpooling uh, with Daphne and some other uh, another girl down to this soccer game on Saturday, and I was like, you know, texting the woman, where I'm like, oh, what's your address? And they of course live on Cooch. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's totally. And that's, you know, and I was like, okay, what hill tips have I given out? Like I'm dividing it into thirds. I'm using my, using my, you know, keeping my chest up and my hips forward and oh, just, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's the thing. Like it's easy to um, skip those ones you don't want to do, but they, they're probably filling a gap that. um, Oh yeah. Oh, and then, you know, and then when I'm, you know, uh, trying to go up Heartbreak Hill in, in Boston, I'll be like, remember Cooch, remember Cooch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to keep that as an internal mile, monologue here. Right, yeah, right. People be like, oh, that's laying next to me was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. All right. So we're moving on from Hill Repeats to Life Balance. Um, so this one is from the archives in num- and it's number 107. So it's, you know, it's a long, long time ago. Um, but a lot of women brought it up when we asked about their favorite episodes and it's with um, Jill Farmer. So she's a mother runner and she is the author of a book called There's Not Enough Time and Other Lies We Tell Ourselves. Mm. So, um, so yeah, let's, let's hear from Jill. That's, that's interesting because I mean, I think what, what happens is, um, I mean, I know for me, I'm like, okay, well from one to two, I'm going to do this. And from two to three, I'm going to do this. And then I've got to go get my kids. And then after, you know, from four to six, it's all about them or, or whatever. Um, but, but just you saying like embracing time, I had an image of like time is a river and it kind of like flows around, like I'm standing in the middle of it and it just flows around me. And I just like scoop it up when I need it and let it flow when it needs to go. I don't know if that's like a little too agey or not, but I mean, one of the things that I find with, um, women that we talk to a lot is that, you know, they, they, they are always kind of waiting for the right time for things to happen, you know, mm-hmm. like the Red Seas to part so that, um, oh, now is, now is the time that I should be a runner or now's the time that I should really try and get that half marathon PR or now's the time to step up to a triathlon. And, and as we all know, I mean, we're all, you know, a couple decades old, like, you know, there isn't a perfect time to buy a house or get married or have a kid. You just kind of have to let it flow around you to absorb it right i mean so can you talk a little bit about that how do you just plunge in and like um and and get that perspective man i love that that's a really cool metaphor so i'm I, i'm really glad you said that because that's a really <laughs> cool way to to um visualize it and you're on to something big i think when we get into this whole mindset of the right time that's part of this the the basic foundation of what I teach is when we try to motivate ourselves or prioritize or do anything from the space of not enough. We're used to like, I need her, I need to get stuff done in this there's not enough time space. And what we know from the brain science is when we think in those terms, it literally constricts our ability to think. It lowers our cognitive ability. It it reduces our ability to problem solve. We tend to instead hyper-focus on all the problems, all the things that are wrong instead of looking for solutions or moving through them. I call it problem stalling instead of problem solving. It, it, (laughs) it, it, It causes us to a lot of times make really stupid mistakes because we're really, we're in fight or flight mode and we're, we're only operating out of the most primitive part of our brain that says, you know, 
protect yourself, you know, freeze or flee. And um, when we try to create these these false constructs or these rules for ourselves, like there's only a right time or these conditions, when this happens, then I'll be able to. It's another form of that really primitive thinking taking over our lives. Like it's like this train, we're thinking of it like this train that only is going to come, you know, at a certain time and we have to be at the stop at a certain time. And, and it's not, there's no, th- those rules don't really exist except for in the most primitive part of our brain. And we really realize, no, trains always at the station. We always yeah. can get on. And, and then we get to say when it's time to go, we just got to show up at the station and quit telling ourselves stories about how, you know, we're going to, we've missed it or it's missed us. That's when we make that decision. We get a little bit brave and then we start operating, I think, out of our best selves instead of out of that little, you know, scaredy cat part of your brain called the amygdala that really stopped developing when you were five years old. Yet a lot of us are used to motivating ourselves and trying to keep ourselves safe from that really limited perspective. Hmm. Yeah, I really like that about the not having to, you know, that the train isn't just going to be there at one specific time, that as long as you show up ready for it, it can, you can be, you know, the conductor of that train in a way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So Jill talking about there being a right time, you know, that, that I think we tell ourselves that so much, you know, that there's the right time to have a baby, the right time to switch jobs, to, you know, transfer your kids to a different school. And it's like, mm, nope, there, <laughs> there's not some grand scheme already drawn out for when it is. And that, that you know, you just kind of have to trust sometime that now, now is the time that I'm going to do this. Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I took... Um, Oh, a couple of months ago, I took this um, novel writing class at, at a um, place here in Denver. Just I just like to take um, writing classes just to kind of stay sharp in that realm, but also just to kind of learn about it because I've never really known how to structure things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so like the plot points, like how do you, you know, how do you put in something, you know, not that isn't a murder or like a plane crash, but <laughs> like a change in perspective. Right. Uh-huh. But anyway, this, this teacher was awesome. And she was talking about like, I mean, every, every class was like, okay, here's scene, here's character, here's dialogue here. You know, and she's like, and you just have to go through and layer these things in and layer these things in and lay. And I just like, okay, I think I'll put that book on hold for a while <laughs> <laughs> because, and then we are in the last class. She was talking about exactly this. Like you think like, Oh, it's going to make, you know, the right time is going to, I'll, I'll know when it's time. And it's like, no, you never know when it's time because your day is always going to be filled. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like you have to, it's the same with running or writing or whatever. You just have to like say, okay, I'm going to take a break now and I'm going to do this for 30 minutes and then I'll come back and I will be in a better place to keep moving forward with my day. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, I mean, it's, 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 you just have to chip away at little things, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I have found lately my thing is that, and I don't even know that I'm going to take a break. Like I will have like signed onto some, you know, like the Wells Fargo website or something like that and be like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll pay some bills, you know, for the company or something. And then I just find myself standing up and just walking away from the computer. (laughs) And then it's like, oh, okay, well I'll start dinner. You know, I'll put those pork tenderloins into the, you know, the crock pot or whatever. And (laughs) I go back like 20 minutes later and I'm like totally ready to work. But I'm like, oh, okay, well Wells Fargo has signed me out of their site. I gotta go back in. Gotta go back in. Yeah. Yeah, totally. There's, yeah, there isn't any time so you just have to kind of figure out your priority and then and then make the time right yeah yeah so 
So all right, well, so we um, we're we're getting close. We've are, we've done we reached double digits of uh, of the original dozen. So, but we wanted to end this podcast um, or this series of podcasts now um, with two personal anecdotes that we've shared. And this first one, Dim, is from you, and um, I really like it. I remember the the story itself that it starts with, but I also loved when I went back to listen to it that it's a fairly classic example of how our conversations can veer all over the place. And I was thinking it's sort of like a great no agenda run with a friend. Uh-huh. So yeah, yeah. So this is from episode 156, and um, it was the intro to a chat with Hood to Coast Relay Director Felicia Hubber. So, uh, so we went to Sayulita, and yeah, I mean, it was just I, you know, I can't tell you how great it was, and I and I don't mean to make other our listeners jealous, but it was just one of those trips where you're just like, wow, this is. This is ex- I, this is exactly what I I needed, and I think of as uh, the kind of vacation that I love. You oh, know, awesome. So awesome. yeah, I mean that photo that you posted now it was yesterday on our website is truly of you and Poppers, your daughter Amelia, being up on the surfboard is one of the greatest mother daughter oh. photos I've ever seen in my life. Oh well, thank you. I mean, I was so happy about that. Um, uh-huh. So the way that that happened, so we did we did our first surfing lesson on. Um, oh, we got there on Tuesday, and I think we did our first one on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I went with my brother-in-law Tom, um, who's about my size, is my height, and then um, and then um, Amelia and Ben went as well. And so they had an instructor, and then Tom and I had an instructor. Mm. And basically, an instructor, um, if you've never taken a surfing lesson, I mean, they they teach you, you know, you practice getting up, mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, how to get up k- kind of gracefully. <laughs> <laughs> All six um, foot four of you. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, exactly. But mostly the instructors just give you a push and tell you, you know, <laughs> when and where to go, you uh-huh. know? So, I mean, cause a, a lot of it is reading the waves, right. And yes. knowing how to paddle and when to try to stand and all that. And so, so you're basically on a board the size of a barge. I mean, this thing is so forgiving and soft and easy to maneuver. Um, Mm -hmm. so that was nice. So you really, I mean, it kind of felt like I was standing up, you know, just on my kitchen floor. Um, (laughs) but they give you a push and and they say paddle, paddle, paddle. And then they give you a push and that helps because the waves are so small. I mean, it is just a beautiful beginner surf break Yes, because the waves are pretty small. So, um, so you kind of do need that push, especially if you're a bigger person like Mm -hmm. Tom and I were. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so, so Tom, Tom and I were further back in the, on the beach and, and, um, Amelia and Ben were a little bit closer and, so most of the time, if I came close to them, it was mostly like, you know, um, like bumper cars or bumper surfboards <laughs> and we'd hit each other and fall off. But this time uh, we both, you know, she started in front of me, but I, I came up beside her and we were just side by side and Grant happened to be there with my camera on the beach. And um, oh, yeah, it and was, the, it was the, the body language is so perfect. You oh. both, ha- you know, have the same stance. The arms are both kind of that tentative, like, I think I got this. And then my gosh, your legs, I mean, are just carbon copies of each other. Uh, it's just, isn't that funny? Well, and the funny thing is, and so that was Thursday. Um, and then we did one more lesson on a Tuesday mm-hmm. and, um, and it was, it got more crowded because I think more people were coming down for spring break. And so we all kind of shared the same instructor mm. and, um, and so she was, you know, and all the instructors, this is always the case. Like they're all, you know, a quarter the size of me. I mean, there was this one <laughs> instructor named Ulysses who, um, Ulysses, loved, uh-huh. Ulysses and the kids loved him. And I mean, honestly, I could fit him in my pocket. He was a pocket <laughs> Ulysses. Um, but we had a, a girl named Donna on this last on our last on our second lesson our, our final lesson and and Donna was talking about how we've got to bend our knees and I was mm-hmm. like I know Amelia you feel like you're bending your knees but you're not trust mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. and um and, and I'm like you have to like almost like 
you know, pretend like you're trying to go to the bathroom, you know, on the beach. <laughs> and, um, and I showed her that picture and I'm like, you felt like you were bending your knees there, didn't you? And she's like, yeah. And I'm oh, like, and yeah. look at us. We're both just like completely like almost 90 degrees with our torsos, right? <laughs> right. Leaning over. Yeah. About to like, you know, face plant it onto the front of your board. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so it was, it was just fun. And yeah. And so then I didn't even, you know, I didn't have my computer down there, so I didn't have a chance to look at them. So mm. all the whole way home, I was just like, I just want to download those pictures. I just want to download those pictures. <laughs> so, um, oh, so that part was good. And then the rest of it was just, oh, it was just, you know, Know, just it's just a different time you know it's you realize how complicated and busy we can make our lives mm-hmm. when you're quote unquote living regular life you know so yes. you know especially because it was pretty warm and humid so there was always like a siesta time or, or you know quiet <laughs> time we called it we played a lot of phase 10 you guys play phase 10 no you, know what you, that is? you mentioned that on the blog post I didn't know what that is yeah it's by the makers of uno it's it's oh. kind of a it's a very long game. So it's like, <laughs> you can't really get uh, it, you know, it takes a good 90 minutes to play, but um, you basically have to like, get up to phase 10, there's 10 phases. And so like, the first one is collect two, two groups of three, like, so the cards are one through 10. And then there's mm. wild. So two groups of three, the next one is a run of four and a set of three. Oh. The next one is a run of eight. And so it's, it's just, you know, it's a little bit more complicated than, you know, um, but it's, it's kind of like the next phase. Um, ha. so yeah. that was fun. And just, um, you know, I read, I read the girl on the train. People... Oh, I just read, I just finished that too. Oh. <laughs> did you, did we, you like it? Hey, um, we will hey, hold on. We should talk about for the audible ad. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Let's do that. Um, I read that and I read this amazing, amazing book called capital and I can't remember. Oh yeah. It's... John, um, yes. Lesson begins that? with an L. Oh, I loved it. Loved oh, capital. My... We've recommended it in our, um, when Ellison was on the podcast. Oh, I didn't and read she, that. Um, I didn't, I and I see, remember. I checked it out of the library and tried and started it and or ran out of time or something. And they asked her back after, you know, if someone else has a hold on. Yeah. So then after Ellison recommended it on our summer reading podcast, I guess that was last summer, maybe the summer before. Yeah. And I took it out. And I was just entranced by it. I mean, I think about that a book a lot. Oh. It is, it is amazing. It yeah. is amazing. I mean, the characters and the way that that John, John, whatever his name is, writes, mm-hmm. it's capitals uh, with an A. So it's C-A-P-I-T-A-L if you want to Like the hotel out. where we'll be next week. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then the other one that I bought, um, and I actually bought because I heard it on um, Fresh Air and then I read... I can't remember, but I read about it in Vogue. I think mm. Ben was getting his hair cut at a place that is, <laughs> wait, doesn't ben deserve buys to Vogue. have a Vogue magazine. <laughs> it's like Floyd's Barbershop or something. <laughs> um, but uh, it was called A Little Life, and it's supposed mm. to be like kind of the novel of the spring, and it's by Hanya. She's got this cool name. It's H-A-N-Y-A, Hanya Yanagirma, or I can't, I don't remember her last name. Mm. She's a an editor at Conan Nast Traveler. Oh. And, um I have to say, I, I couldn't get through it. It was, mm. um, it's 700, it's about the same oh. length as Capital. It's like 700 wow. pages. Mm-hmm. Um, but after reading Capital, I just had this, you know, I just wanted characters and stories mm. that really appealed to me. And uh, uh, A Little Life is about um, four four guys who are um, friends in college and it's kind of follows them through their adulthood in New York City and they're super successful. Mm. There's one that has... Um, Oh my gosh, Jude is the main character and he has this past that, I mean, I like dark stories. I like real stories, but this was even too dark for me. Mm. And um, it was just, I mean, I don't know. I, so that was, that was a little I bit have, of a bummer. I have found that dark novels in uh, tropical settings don't mix. Yeah. I, I um, tried to read um, 
Oh god, oh, I tried to read the Prince. I read the Prince of Tides one time when I went to Hawaii with my first husband, and I mean, you know, like a dysfunctional family and yeah. a tiger as a pet, and I'm like, no, 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 no. I just want to eat papaya and be out in the sun. <laughs> and then, I know. And then I read Donna Tartt's first novel, um, a, the Secret History or a Secret History, and I, I mean, it's so literally dark that I can just, I just, I was in the Caribbean. I was in. Um, uh, maybe Puerto Rico with my first husband. We we traveled because we didn't have That's kids. That's all you did. <laughs> yeah. and, then, we, and then we were in Fiji. And then we right. we had a little money and no kids. And yeah. I, I don't remember what that was like, either one of those scenarios. And um, so, and it just, I mean, it can pervade your brain so that it, it sort of like does not compute what is sunshine doing in this dark place. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And so, yeah, I mean, this book got under my skin and mm. I, I kind of started it towards the end. And I read mm. it on the airplane home. And then I've been reading it ever since. And I mean, I'm just going and, and I'm like, it has got to end. And, and Grant, Grant read it um, while we were there. Uh-huh. And I just said, last night I was lying in bed and I probably have a hundred pages. I mean, I've been skimming it because like I said, these, I mean, he it was, he was severely, severely abused in uh-huh. a lot of ways. Like uh-huh. just, it's just, it is unbelievable that uh-huh. the mind goes this way, uh-huh. the author's mind. And um, anyway, so I was like 100 pages left. I'm like, I can't even read this anymore. Can you just tell me what happens? Like, does he stay with Willem, who is his one of his college friends that he ends up um, becoming a partner with? And yes, you know, and um, anyway, I, so I, I'm done. I'm done with that book. But um, but anyway, that we told Okay, yeah, I think the run's over now, right? That was like the longest excerpt ever. It was, but I kept thinking, oh, I, I wanted to keep going. I wanted to keep going. So, but you just that because also I love you are exceptionally good dim at bringing things at circling back you know I can I find myself out on a tangent somewhere and I'm like oh yeah where did I start out and you're always like circle back circle back so you know you you uh, brought it yeah. back to surfing in the vacation in Mexico so um, yeah I mean it's almost the year anniversary of that uh, um, yeah all right it kind of is I mean spring break is coming up in uh what like two weeks here a little less than two weeks mm-hmm. um and uh, I think very fondly on that trip. And I've, I have not surfed since. So um, so I've probably stalled out on that skill. But I also remember running on that trip. And that mm. was when I had just come back into it. And um, circling back to Brandi Carlisle, her <laughs> um, Firewatcher's Daughter album had just come out. Mm-hmm. And um, I listened to that. And I ran for 30 minutes, probably, I don't know, four or five times over eight or nine days. And it was just delicious, just delicious. Cause I was coming off my, my foot again. Right. And I just, um, so it's been about a year and, uh, you know, knock on wood, things are good. Nice. I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have brought it up, but yeah, that was, it was really fun to run in Mexico. I really like that. Like stray dogs and <laughs> just beautiful flowers. Oh my God. Such beautiful flowers. Oh, listen and to just, who do you sound like when you're talking know, about the flowers? Right? <laughs> yeah, they're very bright, very bright. I remember those. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, good good times. Nice, nice. Are you all going anywhere for spring break this year? Um, we are not because, uh, well, like I said, Amelia's going on a class trip oh, to yeah. DC. Mm-hmm. So that is um, really inconvenient. It is, um, <laughs> she, it's from a Friday. So she gets out of school. She doesn't have to go to school on a Friday. Uh-huh. Like it's the fr- last day of school mm-hmm. to a Tuesday. Uh-huh. So it's like, like it just chunks it up in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Um and then she's got a bat mitzvah that follow Saturday. We're kind of slave to Amelia these days. <laughs> Her social schedule is anyway, right? Uh-huh. Um, but um, but so we couldn't like. I was like, well, maybe we'll you know she come back and we can like drive and go to Moab or something. Mm. But. Um, I think we're good. I mean, we're gonna go to my mom's house, go see her for a oh, while, okay. and then um, 
oh, this is a whole nother podcast, but I'll just bring it up super quickly. But um, I'm taking Ben to Alaska in um, wow. August. Yeah. So that's a for his 10th birthday because you do yes, the 10th for birthday. His 10th trip. birthday. Yes. And he, you know, did not want to be confined to the lower 48. So <laughs> um, so that's obviously a huge trip. And and so that's um, kind of what I'm focused on. Oh, nice. OK, well, good. Well, well let's bookmark that and make sure we come back and talk about okay. Alaska. Yeah, yeah. Circle back. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you guys doing anything for spring break? I was gonna say we are. Last year, you went south of the border. We are going north of the border. Um, uh-huh. And so we were. Um, I think I've mentioned before that we have. Um, my husband has family in Port Townsend, Washington, which is just the most beautiful place at truly the edge of the earth. And it is at the edge of the continent. It's at the tip of the Olympic Peninsula. So it's west and slightly south of Seattle. And if anyone knows what the state of Washington looks like, they can visualize it there. And um, so um, so we are going, we were planning to go up there from Thursday to Sunday, which when I booked the trip, totally forgot that that Sunday is Easter. Um, oh. <laughs> oh, well. Um, and so then I was um, remembered that when, we, when I went to Victoria to um, run my marathon, uh, you leave, you take a, can, can take a ferry from Port Angeles, which is not too far from Port Townsend. And so I was like, oh, Jack, we should go on a day trip there. And then Jack, uncharacteristic of Jack somewhat, he had, he was like, oh, well, why don't we go for an overnight? I'm like, why? That is a fantastic suggestion. So because the, the kids have always wanted to go to Canada. Sure. And we have passports from when we went to um, Mexico. So um, as long as I remember to pack them, uh, we'll be set. And uh, so anyway, so we're going to take the ferry up and just spend a night, which because of the great exchange rate, uh, it's actually less expensive to stay in Canada than, than to be in Port Townsend. So, um, yeah, and I'm just, I'm going to, I've asked Bree to make sure I get to go on a run while I'm up there. And um, I guess there's a really great insect museum and oh. they have a really wonderful natural history museum. And then um, I can even see Phoebe now rolling her eyes over all those options, but she, she loves, you know, like bed, not like um, bath and body works type shops. And, oh, yeah. and so I'm not so much about the, you know, like chain stores, but in Victoria, I swear they have more stores that have like homemade soaps and body lotions and bath salts and i mean it just seems like one store after another and when we're there i'm like oh phoebe would love this place so i'm anticipating okay. phoebe liking and with the great exchange rate she can buy some stuff she can get some lotion there you go <laughs> yeah, right, well, right that's great so so you're gonna so are you gonna do both then you're gonna go so to port we will so we'll and- go so we'll go straight to port Angeles, take the ferry over, already have our ferry reservations, spend the night, they have an indoor pool over at the hotel we're staying at, um, you know, it's a very walkable small town, so we'll just, uh, we'll leave the car in the States, and uh, just spend the night, and then come back, and then head over to Port Townsend to um, enjoy that town as well as see the relatives. Um, Perfect. That and sounds t- great. Yeah. And take a long, I'm do, I'll do a long run on Saturday and it's, they just have the most beautiful, beautiful trail there that goes, starts in town and then goes out through um, the forest and it's, uh, it's paved, but it's super duper pretty. Awesome. Um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah. So, and I will try to remember to bring along, you know, maybe some chocolate Easter bunnies or something. I was about to say, just remember the passports and the jelly beans. You'd yeah. be good to go. <laughs> right. Yes. Good advice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was at first I was like, Oh, I'll, I'll put together baskets and keep them hidden. I'm like, yeah, that's not going to work. So I think jelly beans and, and, um, a cute, um, chocolate bunny. I can, I can handle that. I think. Yeah. 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 Just yeah. in a Ziploc bag. It's fine. Just put their name with it on a Sharpie. <laughs> there you go. This, this Easter, this Easter bunny is, you know, super practical. <laughs> right. Right. Alrighty. Well, our last clip 
is going to be a personal anecdote that I shared not all that long ago. It was episode 191. It was our Reflections on 2015 show. And I was just really pleased and, and touched, actually, by the comments uh, that I got on social media by other mother runners saying that they were moved to tears by it. Because, um, as you'll hear in the... I get a little verklempt as I'm telling the um, the story, the anecdote. And then also... Um, I don't know if you do this, Dim, but but oftentimes when we're recording the podcast, I think, oh, it's awesome. It's like a time capsule of our lives, and and hopefully this technology will remain. And in you know twenty thirty years, we can go back. You know, you and I'll be sitting on some porch on our rocking chair, and I'll be like, oh, Dimity, let's play episode one hundred ninety one again. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no, it totally is. That in the website is too. There are times when I look back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I just oh. wrote about you know the first time my kids sat across from me on an airplane, right? Instead, you know, this like liberating feeling I felt. And now they're like, mom, I want to sit like four rows behind you. Okay. I know. Oh, I know. And then sometimes I'll be reading something. I'm like, well, I wonder who wrote this post. It's like, I did. I wrote that post. It's <laughs> <laughs> fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, alrighty. So, um, here is, um, this anecdote. So, um, no, so we have had a very, very nice holiday. It was, um, I deem it our most successful Christmas ever. There were no tears, very little griping, very little bickering. And I take it back. That is awesome. I take it back. Actually, there were a few tears, but they were happy tears. And, um, I wanted to share that. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wanted to share that tale in that, you know, I had, um, said on our last podcast, that I was getting for Phoebe the the grand kahuna of all gifts in her mind, which was um, tickets to see Hamilton the musical, and a tri- it's opening in Chicago and I believe San Francisco this next fall, um, this fall since this is airing on the on the first day of 2016. Uh, so it was a gift certificate to get her tickets to the show, you know, airfare to one of those cities, and then hotel and the ticket. Her companion, traveling companion, is me. So I got her, like I said, this really awesome shirt from this uh, creative website, and I got her the source material book, the Hamilton biography, the um, and so which is this just meaty tome of a book. It's more than 800 pages, and I could tell she sort of was like, "Holy cow!" Yeah, yeah. Oh, and it's you know like a lot of words on a page. It's it's you know it's dense stuff. And so I gave her so, and when she got the package. You know, out from under the tree, and the twins are like, "Mom, look at this! Mom, look, look!" And I'm like, "No, I need to concentrate on her opening this gift." And so I'd wrap the shirt and the book together, and the um, gift certificate that I'd had a friend make up, so it looked all pro and good. I had folded it and put it in the middle of the book, and she's like, "Oh, I don't understand. It's squishy on one side and hard on the other." I'm like, "Oh, well, you know, open it up." And you know, Daphne's, "Mom, mom, mom!" I'm like just wait, just wait. And so, so Phoebe opens it and she loves the shirt and she's looking at the book and I, you know, she was a little like, Hmm, okay. Book. Okay. And so I said, Oh, what is that? Like a bookmark or something? And you know, like I hadn't practiced that line several times. <laughs> and I was going to say, that's called leading the witness. I think. Yeah. 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 Your honor. And, uh, so she unfolds the gift certificate and she looks at it. And she looks at it, looks at me, looks back at it, and she gets tears in her eyes, and she says, "Mom, is this for real?" And I oh, and I said, I said, yeah, oh. and I said, yes, it is. And I just start, and she just, I start tearing up. She threw herself into my arms, and just oh. was clinging to me, and just, and she just wasn't saying anything. And I'm like, "We're gonna have the best time. It's gonna be so awesome. I love you so much. This is, so, you know, we're just gonna have the greatest time ever." So. 
it was i'm getting all teary remembering it yeah. it was it was just really i mean it was amazing it was amazing and and i mean it was a huge it's a huge splurge for our family that is not something we do and um typically and it just i just when i had the idea i thought yeah this is the thing to do and her reaction to it i was like oh i'm so glad i thought of this i'm so glad i did it so yeah, so now I just have to hope that the ticket gods are with me for uh, getting yeah. <laughs> getting great tickets. No doubt. <laughs> yeah. Inquiring minds want to know: did, did you get the tickets? Oh my goodness! Yes, yes, indeed. I I scored. I um. So I will give the medium length version of it. That um. So I you know promised her that it would either be tickets in Chicago or San Francisco and. You know, I was like, oh my gosh, I love San Francisco. You know, it's where I used to live. I totally want to go there. But I was like, okay, Chicago, I know it's going to be this big blowout. It's going to really live for a long time there. So I signed up to get a newsletter from the theater where it's going to be. But um, at the time, they're only selling, I think they still are only um, selling groups of 20, like, uh, so group sales of 20 tickets or more. And I mean, I was so desperate. And knowing what the tickets sell for on the secondary market, Jack and I definitely were like, well... I could just get 20 and then sell the other 18. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's that's a whole other side business that I don't feel like having. And so, but I had also, um, from my days of living in San Francisco, I have a very good friend, Kate, who um, you have met, Dim. We've stayed at her sure. apartment. Um, yeah. And that she is in the theater world. She used to... Um, organize a um series called solomio it was a um one person shows and so i was like oh kate will totally have an in she'll know where it's gonna be she'll know somebody who works at the theater and i call her up she's like what show what huh and i'm like okay this is it. i'm like well just just keep your ears open and so the very day that i signed up to get the newsletters from the chicago theater kate emails me and is like well the theater that it's gonna be playing at in san francisco is offering their 2017 season tickets and Hamilton is included in them. And I'm oh like, God. I'm like, are you kidding me? And so Kate loves the theater. And I'm like, okay, well, can we go in on this? And so you get Hamilton plus six other um, tickets to six other shows, including at least two other Broadway shows. And so um, you buy it based on like what day time you'll go. So we bought Friday night tickets. We don't know what day they'll be. And so um, Kate was like, oh, you want Saturday night tickets, right? Because then Phoebe, otherwise Phoebe's going to have to miss a day of school. And the price difference was like $150 or something. I was like, it's fine. She can miss a day of school. <laughs> so um, so anyway, so I was like, are we really doing this, Kate? Are we really doing this? She's like, yeah, go for it. Go for it. And so um, I bought them. And it was, so, it was so easy that I was like, wait, did I really just get Hamilton tickets? And so this was all happening while Phoebe was off at basketball practice and she uh-huh. she gets home and I'm like Phoebe guess what I did while you were at basketball practice and I told her and she's like oh uh-huh and the next day I'm like hey Phoebe you seem really kind of like not all that impressed she was like well I totally knew you'd get them I was like wow that's faith in your mother there well you promised I mean you know she's still at the age where if her mom says she's gonna do it she's gonna do it right I know, you know? but meanwhile I mean I was pitting out I was just like this is yeah. impossible I'm never gonna be able to deliver on my promise <laughs> oh that's awesome I'm so glad it worked out that's, yeah. that's very cool yeah well it's so funny because ever since you brought that up I it would not been on my radar at all and now I just like 
everywhere, <laughs> yeah. everywhere. Like it's in the Wall Street Journal. My friend Dan just went and he said he's like playing the music nonstop yep. and yep. much to the chagrin of his family. Um, <laughs> and well, I mean, I just see it everywhere. So of course I want to go see it now too, but it's going to, it'll be a while for it before it gets to Denver. Yeah. And, I, and I don't think it's playing in Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, and so then the thing is, is so like I said, it's not going to be until the spring of 2017. So oh, I read. Oh, so it's a year away. It's a year oh, away. So oh, I realized okay. that Phoebe's fervor for it and probably possibly mine will have uh, simmered down probably some. But as I told somebody, like, I mean, I used to adore Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like, that's something that I can kind of equate to that, like, being totally engrossed in. And I was like, you know, now I like Buffy. But, like, if somebody said, oh, you can go to a live show of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I'm like, I'm so there. Sure. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. No, and it'll be great. I mean, yeah, you guys, will, it'll be... I mean, I won't say it's sweeter than, you know, going this spring, but it'll be just as fun. I mean, it'll oh, it's, be great. it's going to be, it's going to be really great. And then it was very funny. I have to say that I had um, dinner uh, last Thursday night, I guess, with um, a mother runner here in town, Krista, who models for our store sometime. And um, she runs with um, the running team for Every Mother Counts so that she runs races to raise money for that nonprofit. And their marketing director is married to her name. That woman's name is Kristen. She lives in um, the suburbs of New York City. Her husband, turns out, is best friends with the creator of Hamilton. And wow. and I will admit that Krista told me that beforehand. She's like, so don't go all fangirl on her, Sarah. And <laughs> I'd met Kristen several times before. And um, so we're having this nice dinner. And um, so then toward the end, I just very casually, I'm like, so, hey, Kristen, I hear that... Um, you know, Lin-Manuel. And she's like, she's like, oh yeah. And she starts talking about it. And so then she gets a text and it's from Lin-Manuel Miranda and who is the creator and star of Hamilton. And I was like, okay, just act cool, Sarah. You can do it. You can do it. <laughs> it's because um, Kristen had gotten tickets for her boss finally to go see it. And um, so he had um, met with her and, and her family and texted Kristen a picture and everything. So, so, wow. I, so wow. I go home and I was like, hey, Phoebe, I was having dinner. And guess who the person I was having dinner with got a text from? And she, you know, was she impressed by that? Oh, my goodness. She okay, was, good. she was good. I mean, yeah, because, you know, she can be she plays the blase teen. You know, I mean, she's a professional at that role. And um, I was able to crack through the veneer very well on that one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so, all right, Dim, we'll take us over to the train like a mother club now. Our train like a mother club corner comes to us this week from Lori, who's in the half marathon challenge. She writes, I wish I could bottle the feeling I have 10 minutes after a long run is done. That way I could take little sips of it at the beginning of my next long run, reminding myself why I do it. Or I could take big gulps when I'm mothering. Happy long run day, mother runners, she says. So if you're on your long run, happy long run day. And I agree with you, Laura. You need, I wish that you could have like, you know, just like a bottle where you could kind of swish off your sweat and keep it in a little bottle and then it would taste good. (laughs) That would be an elixir. Um, Yeah, probably not going to happen. What also isn't happening anymore is our songs at the end of the little Train Like a Mother Club corner. There have been um, a couple of copyright issues and we really don't need any more troubles in our lives. Not that our lives are trouble filled, but you know what I'm saying. So unfortunately, we're going to have to cut that part out. Um, but I could sing for you, but then I think um, you'd probably never listen again. So we'll see you next week. Bye.
All right. Well, this being a best of show, we'd really appreciate it if you would help others find our podcast. And the way you can do that is by writing a quick review of it on iTunes. Reviews help potential listeners find our program, and we always love welcoming new listeners, as well as continuing to chat with you, dear listener. So also please download the ACAST app. That's A-C-A-S-T. The app is on your smartphone or tablet. The app is free, and it allows you to follow and listen to the Another Mother Runner podcast on the network that brings you the show. The ACAST app also has this really nifty feature that lets you share moments from shows on social media thus further helping spread the word and also just, you know, maybe sharing a chuckle or a poignant moment with a friend of yours or your running partner. Alrighty, well, here's to our next 100 shows and a continued many happy miles to you. Happy miles to you.